We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking with Jared, who has uh, who was just t- telling us about the um, the recording industry that what we is, just listened to. What we just the, listened to. Yes. You just heard a track called Royals, um, which I think he did an excellent job with, by the way. Um, so tell us where you see this going. I'm sorry. We got but, Seth here too. Uh, we do have Seth here. I didn't mean to ignore you. You know I didn't, right? It's not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm good, Rick. I know you are. <laughs> you ignorant slut. I am. Blame I, it on the wine, just like Jane. Um, this SNL reference. Anyway, so <laughs> thank you both. I will, we'll just mention Seth and Jared. So we got here. Seth here. Seth Fournier. Did I say that right? Fournier. 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 See, even you said did, it wrong. Did I say it wrong? The it whole is, day I've been trying to pronounce. I've been like, is this the it way is that Fournier? No. All my, right. My family pronounces it Fournay. Fournay. Um, oh. But it seems to me that it's spelled Fournia. So, you know, I don't okay. know. If I, if I was to read it not knowing my own last name, I would say Fournia. Well, okay. What, yeah. what do you prefer? What I've always heard, Fournay. Fournay. All right, Fournay. Yeah. Fournay. All, right. All, right. All right, so there you go. It's what you fucking know, people. Shit. Okay. <laughs> having, having a last name that everybody fucks up, I can definitely appreciate. <laughs> so, um, Rick and B, Seriously Straight, part three for this episode with Seth Fournay and Jared LeBlanc. And you were exp- um, about to tell us what you see coming towards you. from. The so, where do you want to take it? With your music career. Absolutely. Exactly. That's what we want to hear. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, I was just saying, like, I feel like I, uh, I like from this point, I probably will need to start collaborating, um, which I kind of started doing. Like I, I mentioned, working on that track with a DJ in New York. But um, what was that DJ's name? Uh, Joe Gotro. Joe Gotro. Yeah, he's actually right. very well known in the gay. Also uh, Louisiana native. Yeah, he's from um, New Orleans. New Orleans. In- yeah. Interesting. Uh, so. Yeah, just because of like our different. Like Seth and I were talking about this, our different personality types and the way that we work. And then you're an intro, you're an extrovert. He's he's very introverted, and I'm very extroverted. Okay. And a lot of people think that like introvert means like antisocial or right, you know. But it, what it literally means is just that introverts recharge when they're alone, and extroverts recharge when they're with people. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny because we'll go the opposite. Like when we're home alone, he'll be like doing awesome he's like this is amazing and i'm like if i eventually he's firing on all cylinders and then i hit this point where i'm like (sighs) like i need to be around people i can't do this it's it's pretty funny like like, no wait a minute guy come on we're doing this thing right so our work is this like our livelihood is this hyper extroverted environment yeah where we're just like completely on like trying to remember everybody's name we just met and took pictures with and talked to so then when we go home after like a you know twenty day you know stint of traveling around working, I'm just sort of in heaven. Seth, I well, and not that, that I don't need my couple of days to recharge. Too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but usually after drained. a couple of days, I am ready to you know call you, up some friends, shake and it go, off. Yeah, have a little <laughs> house gathering or something. Yeah, I'm very much an introvert as well, and yeah. everybody everybody who knows me would say, "No fucking way! You you're full of shit. You're a total extrovert." But like you said. I recharge in the silence of, of my house. My, this is my sanctuary. And so I, while I can talk to 100 people at a time, I have no problem public speaking. When I'm done, I got to retreat. And That's exactly how I am. Nobody sees me for 24 hours. And, you know, my weekend time, like, I can just shut the door and not go out and not speak to anybody. And that feels really good to me. So I understand where you're coming from with that. Now, I will say that I think I, I used to be an extrovert. 
I've evolved into more an introverted person since I've gotten older. When I was younger, I used to have parties, parties, parties. I, I was the entertainer. I spent all my money on making sure everybody had all the liquor they needed, whatever was happening at my house. I hosted all the time. Now I'd rather go to those parties, <laughs> so I'm exactly I can leave the same when way. I can leave when I want to and come home. And I, shut the I door. used to be out in Raleigh every weekend, <laughs> have people over pre gaming. Yeah, I threw like these big bonnet parties. Yeah, but now like I have I have in my off time energy for very few people. Yeah, you know I understand. I get it. I never thought that would happen. Me and either. I didn't see that shit because coming. I genuinely like people. Yep. But I've learned that in my older age. Like, I'm not okay with interactions that are just like, eh, whatever. Like, I'm just not going to bother with it. There is a, like, lot, I'm of, there go is a lot of that in most social there's, situations. There's a lot of Yeah, eh it's just not interesting to When me. you get outside of a couple people. Uh-huh. You yeah. know, like, like maybe a four or five person, that's all you can deal with. But when you have massive amounts of people, it's, it's hard to have a real conversation, a real connection, I think. But, Jared, you still crave that. You still crave the crowd. I mean, not even like... A, you know, a huge group of people, but even something like, you know, this many people mm-hmm. is very like energizing yeah. to me. So like, I'll probably leave here and be completely energized. Yeah. And Seth will probably like need a break, you know, <laughs> like not, I, I, not I, that I you guys are tiring, with, but that's just we're, like, we're you, out. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Rick's a little tired, no, <laughs> but this doesn't wear me out. This is a perfect number. Five or six <laughs> people is, yeah. it, it works really well with my energy, with my free, where my frequency is these days. So I understand that. And, you know, I don't know if that makes sense from a physics standpoint, but, you know, I, I, I talk frequency all the time. We need to talk to a psychiatrist but, but about my, that, not a physicist. My okay? understanding That's, of frequency is a little more metaphysical than maybe your understanding of frequency. It's so. a fine metaphor. It's a fine metaphor. <laughs> no, because when two waves are on the same, are the exact same wavelength, yeah. and they match up in, on the same phase, they have what's called constructive interference. Bam. So it, it amplifies the effect. Yep. That's it. So it's a, it's a fine metaphor. Yeah, physics. Just, <laughs> just gave Rick a chubby. Rick's had a chubby all night. That's, uh, that's um, bring physics into it. Anywho, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that sidelight just to say that I I feel like I do need to collaborate more with people um, regarding the music to create to create something original. I don't think it'll happen so much. I have a lot of pieces of things right now. I think it. I think but, it plays back to what you were saying earlier about being self-critical. Yeah, it, it's it's easier to collaborate in that space. I think. I mean, yeah. I, I I you know played the drums off and on for fifteen years, so I, I existed in the the musical world, and yeah, it's easier to get rid of those demons when you can collaborate. Yeah, well, because I'll, I'll never say it's done. Yeah, I don't you know, know. I'll yeah, never, there's always something like, better. There's always another, you know. Yeah. Good. If you did, you would have done yourself in anyway. Right. So do you see yourself going back to teaching or do you want to evolve into the arts going forward always from this point? I've, sort, I've never really uh, been able to do one thing only ever. Uh, yeah. Every time I've tried to do one thing only, I immediately burn out within a certain period of time. Yeah. So um, will I go back to teaching? Yes. Will I only be teaching? No. Yeah. How about you, Seth? It sounds like, I mean, from the chemist background, it sounds like laser focus. Are you I mean, assigned? From, from are you building, always... building yourself. I mean, it sounds like you have laser focus on things. As um, where, where Jared explains, it sounds like he needs multiple things going on in order to keep a momentum. 
Uh, uh, just, to, I, just to give an example, like if we had a list of things to do, we would approach them very differently. Like if, let's say if we had a list one through five of the same tasks, right. I would order them in most difficult first to easiest and do them in, in completion and then in attack order. them in order. <laughs> Whereas, and um, I will start all five at the same time and do them in parallel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so and I will randomly jump between them just so depending Seth's on what my, a my mood FIFO. is. Now, I, I, I now I, Jared, I understand your level of ADHD. I have that. That's what I do. I don't do any one thing at one time. I can't do it. I get too bored. I get too bored with it. So I have to have several things going at once or I'm like I don't know what I'm doing if I yep. don't have too many things yeah but you're more the list maker I, I like right? to go whole hog at something so like if, if I and he'll tell you this <laughs> I become a little obsessed with certain things so like if if I find something I like I sort of exhaust it okay and then when I'm done with it I'm done with it yeah first time I saw that happen was he had never had eggs benedict before we met <laughs> oh. and after he discovered eggs benedict he ordered eggs benedict Every single time he possibly could. Now, did he keep a log book? Because it was book. so good. It and was it, like this did, new treasure. And now you're uh, sick so, of it? But, but were you, were you <laughs> yeah. trying okay. to experience all of it, or were you trying to understand the differences in the way different people would make I, it? You know, perhaps. I just wanted Eggs Benedict everywhere I could get it. I ah, wanted to try okay. it here in New York and in Florida and Chicago. I wanted it Key will, West Eggs, eggs Benedict. Benedict. Yeah. It will be different depending on where you And it, and it you was. Yeah. Like, I've had lobster Eggs Benedict. I've yeah, had, like, which is the really typical the Canadian bacon Eggs Surf and turf, X Benedict. <laughs> yes. Surf and turf. See, I'm, I guess I have a little bit of a... And I was always like that as a kid. Like, I was obsessed with capes for a long time. So, like, Wait, I had... Tell them about Betty. Tell them about Betty. As in a superhero kind of sense? I used or? to wear a cape nonstop on my summers off from school. Really? I would just loved capes. Huh. Every huh. time before a thunderstorm, it gets really windy <laughs> out in the yard, I would run out in my cape. It's and the just, best. Uh, that's when you're going to catch wind and fly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> I understand that. So who's Betty? Who's Betty? I can't believe he has a really colorful. Up. He has a really colorful childhood. <laughs> so I'm from a town of 240 people. It's really small. Wow. Um, okay. My my high school was 33 miles one way from my home, so it was a you know it was sort of we're very isolated. Yeah. Um, Couple stoplights. But our town is on the Pearl River, yeah. which is a very popular fishing getaway for people that live in New Orleans. So a lot of people in New Orleans have fishing camps on the Pearl River. Okay. And so they would just drive in on the weekends and go fishing. Um, and we sold vegetables out of our front yard, like watermelons, tomatoes, squash. We had a farm. And um, there was this one fellow that would drop by with his grandson. And we also had racehorses. So that guy and my dad would sort of banter about racehorses, and I would get to play with his grandson. We would ride four-wheelers or ride some of the horses or just hang out. And one day he said, um, you want to come spend the night? And I was like, ugh. <laughs> I was like, wait, I, I don't know how to answer. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, I had never spent the night away from home except for like grandmas or my family, aunt or my family members. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I was like, maybe I should take something that's comforting or reminds me of home. And I was like, you know, I'll go if I can take my chicken, Betty. <laughs> A real physical chicken. A real physical I chicken. I didn't expect her chicken when you said that. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a plush doll. It wasn't. Uh, you know. 
<laughs> it was the, the real actual. So, so did it transpire? Did that happen? There's did, really did cute they, pictures. Oh, too. It, it really happened. They like, let you take the I chicken. I can't like, believe oh, yeah, my mom and dad agreed to it, but <laughs> I took my chicken. <laughs> I got in his pickup truck and we drove down to his fishing camp and and you had the chicken spent the night. We put the chicken in the pump house because they we weren't on city water and neither were they. Okay, so they had like an old pump house where they had the electric water pump and she stayed there the night. There you go. Oh my! And you God. had a good time and that that. Broke. Oh, I had a blast and that, so that sort of broke my fear of, you know, spending a night away from home. You know that's. I mean, that's amazing though. Most kids would take like a a, a teddy bear. Well, but did you have a fucking chicken, Rick? No, I didn't. So you probably would have brought your fucking blankie. So, but if you had a fucking chicken, you might have taken a chicken. Don't judge. I had bunnies. That's all I'm saying. Growing up, I had puppies. I had. You might have taken a. You might have taken a bunny. I I, yeah, I might have taken a bunny. Everybody likes bunnies. You know, I I like chickens too. They're tasty. I gotta say, that's an amazing. That's an amazing story. But see, yeah. the weird thing is we had other more accessible pets that would have been easier. Like we had dogs and cats. Like I don't know why I wanted to take Was the chicken. Was it in the vicinity of you what you were chicken. looking at when? <laughs> she was just sort of special. Like every day she laid an egg in the same spot and I got to go like, you know, pick up that egg. And I just sort of bonded with her a little bit. Okay. I'm not sure why. You, and you grew up on a horse farm, right? We had horses, cows, pigs, okay. chickens, right, vegetables. Wouldn't they, I mean, most people at that area would be a little more self-sufficient than, than other areas. So even even though it was a horse farm, it wasn't, you know, they you probably farmed, had. You, you farmed you, everything, right? Oh, yeah. We had grass-fed beef before it was popular, like. And I didn't think anything of it back then. Yeah. It was just um, That's just thing. food. It was just food. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is great. No, that's food, dude. I don't know. What the fuck it is kind of backwards, about. though, right? Like grass-fed beef before it was pop- popular. Like, right. What does that even mean? Like, have we gotten to that point where, like, going backwards is technically going forwards? Right. Like, it's you, just, <laughs> oh, you know what we well, should there's, do? There's a really big push now in restaurants to market, oh, our beef is grass-fed, which is actually great, but it's just funny. Well, that, it's better for the cow. It's better oh, it's, for the person eating the cow. Know, absolutely. But back then, Here. we didn't think anything of it because, well, else were they going to eat? This is normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here. You, you never thought of, um, well, Betsy just died, so let's like chop her up and feed her to the fucking cows. Nobody would have thought of that shit, right. but that's what the fuck they do now. Here, like, try, try this organic food, which our grandparents called food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Wait a minute. How much yellow dye number five is in that? When, when I first moved here, um, some of my coworkers were like, let's go to the farmer's market. And I was like, what's that? And so they, they took me to the Raleigh farmer's market and everything there was like grossly overpriced to what we would have sold it for yeah. at our house. Like, for example, like I think the summer, the first summer I was here, just like merit corn, sweet corn mm-hmm. was like 50 cents an ear. Whereas we never sold it more than 12 cents an ear at home. Wow. 10 cents if they went out in the field and picked it. You know, so I, wow. I was like just, my first farmer's market experience, I was just flabbergasted. How could like, you people fucking live like this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? We consider it a luxury and it was normal well, for Yeah, you when people. Food yeah. Lion's like cramming this, you know, plastic yeah. shit down your throat going, it's corn, fucking eat it. I don't know, man. They ain't the right color. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see corn like that. Corn like that's that's what corn looks like. What the fuck do you know? Are you <laughs> a farmer? Fuck you. Eat the shit. You know, the funny thing is, though, I took it all for granted. Like, I saw it as, like, really aggravating work. And, oh, yeah. and now that I have to go to the grocery store and buy stuff that doesn't taste half as good. Perspective is a bitch. I want to... 
weeks. Yeah. I, I want to tell you, I have somewhat of a, a, a mutual perspective to share with you because we raised chickens at my, at my grandmother's, grandmother's house when I was growing up. And nothing shocks you into the reality of, um, of the harsh reality of life, like seeing your granddad pick up a chicken by its neck and ring it around and around until the head pops off. Did you see that when you were growing up? Uh, I had to do that so many you times. You did it yourself? I had to kill oh, rabbits. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing was off limits. We had a raccoon one time. Um, oh. Yeah. I mean, it was the, the whole. It, it was the first time I was put face to face with "we're gonna eat what we kill today." My granddad. Not a raccoon. Not a, no. Well, but I, I have eaten squirrel. <laughs> no, I've not. Eaten I heard raccoon. it was greasy. Is that? Is yeah, that the... it's, it's yeah. Okay, but I've eaten squirrel, rabbit. <laughs> I have not. As far as I know, I've never eaten raccoon, but I've eaten everything else that was shot in the wild on a southern yeah. perspective. But yeah, to see my granddad grab this chicken and just. Just swirl it around and around by the by the the neck until the headless body was running around spewing blood all over the. I'm like, the fuck, you know, as a as a six year old, you're would like, would that happen know, to me if somebody did that to me? Would that happen? Yes, that- it would. <laughs> you, you, you do begin to look. I mean, it was a, this harsh lesson, and then you suddenly we ate. Oh, poor Betty, or whatever. <laughs> you know, no, you didn't. We fried, we fried up that chicken, you know, and 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 I'm torn between crying and going, oh my god, this is really good. And it's, it's this bizarre thing that if you're introduced to it early enough, you understand, look, as long as I'm honoring what's happening here, as long as I'm part of the circle of life life aspect of it all, you, you come to understand, look, this is what you did when you were poor and you live in the well, country. Well, not just poor, but that's what you did when you ate real when food. When you ate real food, yeah. right, exactly. It wasn't abstracted by yeah. food lion and, you know, all the other <laughs> shit. No, and it does sort of like, like what you were just saying, like you naturally came to like what a lot of you know, what we think like Native Americans did and that they honored the animal that gave its life for them to eat. Yeah. You know, they sort of honored the circle of life in it, that You way. understood how important it was. Yeah, because well, you saw it. The thing is, when you have to kill or grow your own food, yeah. you're not going to take more than what you need. Exactly. Because the hassle of having to go out and knock a rabbit in the head with a hammer and then pull the skin off is a lot of aggravation to then yeah. just eat it all in one sitting. Yeah, and you know? well, you take you take livestock, thing a yeah. thing that you raised from you saw it birthed, you raised it, you fed it, you made sure everything was. Uh, you better take care of that thing. That's going to be important. Yeah. Why is it important? Actually, because you're going to eat it. I have another book recommendation for you. Okay, what's that? Never thought you'd get this many book recommendations from a go-go dancer. I did, did not. You? <laughs> I'm uh, happy to have it. I actually just got Seth to listen to it on audiobook. It's, it's so but good. it's it's hands down probably like one of the best books I've ever read in terms of like just changing the way I view the world. Okay, uh, it's called Ishmael by by Daniel Quinn. M A I L I S H M A E L. A-E-L. Okay, by Daniel, by Daniel Quinn. Quinn with two N's. Okay. On the Quinn. All right. What's it about? Um, well, I don't want to ruin the, the basic idea of it, but it's, uh, it's fiction, but based in our reality. Um, and it's, it's mostly a discussion between a teacher and a pupil about how things came to be the way that they are today and what the story that our culture tells us about how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to view um, more primitive, what we would call primitive ways of life, and what's wrong with it, and why it's steering us towards disaster. So it's sort of like, we all have this general idea of like, something's wrong with our culture, but we don't really know what that is or how to define it. 
and he basically just lays it all out for wow. you. Yeah, and it's for really profound incredible. as it is, wow. it's a very easy read. You could finish it in a day. Did you read it, Seth? I did the audiobook. I, yeah. It was two hours and 54 minutes. Okay. I did it all in one day, though. I, I couldn't stop listening. It was, it's amazing. Excellent. I love good literary references, so thank you for that. And, and, and I think that anybody who, who has a brain and is paying attention to what's happening with the evolution of, of humanity needs a reminder of stuff like that all the time. You forget it when you get caught up in your petty day-to-day complaints and your woe is me and not thinking about what's happening to somebody down the street who may have to kill their We food are in a me, a me, me, me society. Right. Though. Unfortunately, it's just the way it is, man. You can't you can't unplug these motherfuckers from Duck Dynasty. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen anytime soon. You know, If I'm not entertained by some you know, fucktards in a duck blind, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with my life. Did you see the picture of them before uh, they became Duck Dynasty? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, they were like clean-shaven and preppy yeah you're you're being sold every step of the fucking way and you don't even know it and (laughs) bastardizing the the the, the neighbor right next door yep it's fucked up i gotta tell you it's really weird i i live in the city limits of raleigh but when i walk out of my door in the morning if i come out depending on how i come come out as far as time frame and if if there's enough light in the sky there's a fucking rooster like 300 yards away that lives in the backyard <laughs> of a neighbor <laughs> who has a coop. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm in the city limits of Raleigh. I'm not supposed to hear a, a, a rooster crowing at dawn. But... <laughs> oh, they don't just crow at dawn either. Have you ever been to Key West? Oh, no, they, they crow I, I, all they the crow time. all fucking day. I've it's never like, been. They're announcing their fucking station. It doesn't matter where you, <laughs> what time of day it is. Bitches. But you know, Raleigh has a very extensive sort of coop community. Yeah. There's even a hen side of the Beltline tour to coop every spring where you can go, you can go and tour all the backyard coops. Which all is the biz- so coops. bizarre to me. And someone told me, wait a minute, you're not supposed to have that within a certain radius. I'm going, man, I'm pretty sure that my three miles outside of downtown I don't know what the I don't know what the rules are, but this rooster is really really active every morning at sunup. It doesn't it doesn't matter, and and, if you, if you, and some of the neighbors are complaining because I'm on the board of directors for my HOA, and they're like, "Can you shut the rooster up? Can you make the neighbor stop it?" I'm like, "No, I can't make the neighbor stop it." It's <laughs> one day somebody will eat that motherfucker. You, well, you it's actually sort of sure. can. The, the city encourages uh, hens, but they do discourage roosters. Like I had a rooster, and I actually got a note from the city. Um, my neighbors had complained. Okay, so, so you you were are you within your rights as long as he's quiet? I mean, what is the deal? Um, it just it just depends on the rooster. Oh, no. Like the second, you don't ever plan on getting a rooster. Sexing baby chicks is really hard. Okay, e- even most people that are trained don't get much better than like sixty forty percent accuracy. Okay, you know, um, so sort of inevit- inevitably in the batch of um sort of day old chicks, I would always buy. I would end up with a couple roosters. Yeah. And um, I, like a, a year ago, I had a coop here in Raleigh. Yeah, he had the, my first visit to Raleigh. He had it. He, he got, uh, it was actually really cute. He went out and got <laughs> eggs for me from the coop and made me <laughs> breakfast. That's, that's pretty damn well, romantic, it, it's actually. Funny, it was. It's funny that uh, <laughs> a lot of people out there don't understand how eggs come to be. That a hen lays that How shit? eggs, well, I mean, that that uh, a rooster need Bucks not... Bucks the hen. No, a rooster... No. Oh, she, see? Oh, 
My point exactly. So, so Seth. I've forgotten. Sorry. Lay some knowledge on the listeners. <laughs> so chickens can lay in the presence of a rooster or without a rooster. The only difference is if there's a rooster around, the, the eggs have potential to be fertile. That's right. All right. Yeah. They fertilize yeah, it. The rooster comes after the fact. That's it. So if you're eating an egg and there's there was no rooster, you're not eating the potential of life. <laughs> I don't care if I You're am. not. That egg is going to be goddamn good, regardless if it's scrambled up right with some bacon. Then you've got the whole double yolk thing. That's that's. I don't, I don't even mind if it's poached and a little bit runny. I don't care. <laughs> Put some fucking ketchup on it. Um, I've never had eggs with ketchup. I, I don't understand okay, so. it. <laughs> Does got, anybody well, here understand? Okay, so we got way off topic. I want to. But go that's back what to, happens. I want to go back to something which is more important, which is our guests. So, Seth, um, before we. Um, begin to uh, bring this to a close. Um, can you tell us where you see yourself? You know, are you going to do this as, until you feel you've done it and then you don't even know what's coming after this? Or have you any idea where this will evolve into? Um, well, right now I still find this very uh, entertaining. Yeah. And there's there's so many states and countries that I haven't worked. Yeah. Um, so my, my plan is just to see this through until it becomes <laughs> unfulfilling. And then do something else. And what that something else is, no clue. You will know when this is no longer fulfilling. Hopefully. And, and that or either to... I won't. <laughs> <laughs> do you... There'll be curse words in the background. But you haven't set, oh, you haven't set a, a time limit on yourself for this. You're just going to do it until you've said, okay, I've done this. I've had enough. Is that right? That's correct. And the same for you, Jared? Yeah, uh, I think so. You know, I mean, we... Uh, and we we really enjoy traveling. It, it we sort of have a a community of friends that we see all over the country now. You know, it's like we yeah. don't our friends aren't necessarily in one city, which is sort of unique and and really fun. No, that's that's the really fun part about it is that we have probably about three people that we always want to see, no matter what city we're in. Yeah. Yeah, they, respected they... to each city, yeah. Respected to each city. Okay. And so then there's a lot of our friends that, that end up traveling too. So we'll see. We, I mean, before, I mean, we've actually accidentally danced for Joe Gotro. <laughs> wow. Accidentally like, danced. Yeah, like maybe five or six times. And we've also had like planned uh, gigs with him, but we just sort of booked the gig, and he was happened to be the DJ, and we were like, oh great, excellent. You know? Yeah. Um, friends along for the ride. So, so I yeah. guess I mean certainly you've made other friends who dance along the way and you absolutely and you kind of it's like a dancing family you're like oh hey we're all in the same place this feels really good tonight is there any place that you've been that made you feel uncomfortable or since you've been doing this as a team or do you always feel yeah um, how do you deal with the pressures i mean there's got to yeah. be some people that break that barrier that what they, makes that, you, yeah, you know what, like, <laughs> that does so sometimes un- barrier, uncomfortable in the know. sense of what like um a little too partying hard you know well uh, i mean no i mean there's so, I mean, we talked about the circuit scene, which um, that has never, nothing like that has ever happened in that scenario, not, at least not for me. But I mean, the other, the other side of the go-go dancing is if we're working at a bar event, we're usually talking face-to-face to customers. So it's not necessarily yeah. always about the dancing. It's a lot more about interacting with people. Yeah. So you really have to have a certain personality that you can just sort of talk to someone and deflect the avenues they're trying to bring you down. Well, not necessarily that, but I mean like you want to make sure everybody's having a good time. And so you end up joking with a lot of different people from 
really lots of different walks of life. But sometimes people have had too much to drink and they tend to, you know, but and they tend to be a little too forward because you're actually right. interacting with them. Right. Yeah. So I was well, yeah. going to, I was going to ask, is that the, is that the negative side of the industry? Is that, is that no, the, not the, for me? I, I don't mind the, the touching and the groping and the sort of inappropriate sexual innuendos. You know, you're opening um, yourself up for more of that. If people listen, <laughs> <laughs> no, like that's, that's really, that's when I'm like on, that's fine with me. What I had to get used to was like the 80 to 90% just absolute rejection. So what I mean by that is, like, when we're working in a bar, our, our basic job is to flirt and to make sure that everyone in that bar is enjoying themselves just, just by sort of being happy. Um, if they're sort of looking at their lonely at the bar, like, talking to them. Yeah. But about 80% of the time, like, people will be like, oh, it's a dancer. They're coming to ask for money. Or they accept right. tip them. So they'll put the. We're doing, just, we're doing our do, thing. They'll sort yeah. of be very like, oh, never mind. We don't want to talk to you, you know? So, like, you just have to be. You can't let that dampen your spirit. You just have to just let it roll off and just go right to the next So, so the rejection is more so than the. Uh, people making a pass at you. I would never have So, expected. rejection is. Right. That yeah. I, I had the same. Be- because you, I don't get anything out of the person that makes a pass at me. Like sure. I, I get zero dollars, zero interaction. And it's just sort of, I mean, sorry, the, re- the rejection. Right, right, It's just right. sort of like a wall. But the person that makes a pass at me, I can sort of like counteract their pass. With so like, you redirect with like, it. with like a joke or something funny or engage them in some way. And, and then it just becomes sort of like, sometimes we're in cities for five or six days at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see them over and over and over. And so then you build this sort of like little <clears throat> repertoire with them. And then it, then it makes it more fun. So... Does that, I mean, does that cause any problems, though? No, not at all. Hmm. Because you know you're on a job. You know you're just working. Absolutely. Well, I can only speak to it from a straight point of view, and if there was any women involved in this scenario, at least any ones that I've been encountered with, and there would be some, there would be some issue. Yeah, I could see that being. No, I'm I mean, sorry. This like... is just, it's just a job. No, that's what's supposed to happen. They flirt with me. I redirect it. I take the money. That's just what happens. That's no, I, well, yeah, I kind of like it because, you know, it's flattering. It's, it's, you know, I get it. No, I'm not going to go off with these people. Stop. (laughs) So, you know, part of it is trying to understand from my perspective, the, the, you know, experience that I've had in life. And that's why I asked the question, not that I'm starting, trying to start any shit, but does that I, it sounds like it doesn't cause a problem ever well fundamentally which is awesome fun, fundamentally we're not monogamist like okay. we don't believe in monogamy for us right? okay so i mean i guess we have sort of a unorthodox relationship but yeah we're sort of very well you we, have we, your we, relationship. we believe in honesty yeah. and the path that honesty takes so a committed open relationship mm-hmm. yeah i understand that from a polyamorous point of view yeah right so I well, just that. because i mean i i feel like Personally, I feel like jealousy is a very dumb emotion. Um, yeah. I feel like it Agreed. doesn't really serve a purpose, and I feel like it more shows insecurity than anything else. Yeah. Um, because you can sort of take too. it up to different like, degrees, right? I mean, you, you have like the, what people call the insanely jealous boyfriend. You know, who are you talking to? What are you doing? I'm going to read yeah. your text messages behind your back and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I mean, you know, okay, well, how far do you want to? take that you know i mean 
If someone's as lying far, to you and they're good at it, as far as crazy will fucking take it. That's <laughs> normally that's normally what happens. But I mean, even you know, even on lower levels, I mean, like you know, I got jealous because of this or jealous because of that. I mean, like to me, I just wanted honesty, yeah. you know. And um, you know, because if someone's a really good liar, you probably won't know about it for a while anyway, you know. <laughs> right. So I just wanted to create the environment for. An honest relationship right this is who i am as yeah. a human i and honor what the same thing is within you as another human right how can i possibly put a constraint on you when i don't want it myself well we had to ask the question for the less than self-actualized people out there they <laughs> have to have been, well, well it's funny it's, our, you know, our first sort of actual lunch date we were sitting at what is no longer the same restaurant in new orleans okay and we we were talking candidly about relationships and then we, we both sort of almost said the same thing, that we believe in sort of a limitless life yeah. and a limitless relationship. Amen. Yeah. Um, having experience, you know, you want... I there want was that chubby that you Him to enjoy of. his experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know? This came right back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying, you know, I want like whoever I'm worth to experience their life to the fullest and not feel like I am trapping them or keeping them in Not a much grows inside of jealousy. Yeah. Right. And, um... And I was going to say, too, like just creating the environment for honesty. And it kind of applies to other situations, too, if you think about it. Because, like, I mean, even like our political system is not set up to create an environment for honesty. Like people always blame politicians for lying, but you can't really blame them because that's what it's set up to it's do. Their, They're it's, in, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, basically job. like the system is such that it's in their benefit to lie. Um, and I didn't want that in a relationship. Good I wanted you. where. You know, no judgment, like, let's just deal with reality as reality is and go from there. You know, yeah. like. So see, people, that's how it could work. Um, and it's working. It's, we're, we've got it sitting here. They're testifying. All right. So um, before we before we go. Um, tell the people where you're going to be in the immediate future. What's your next tour? Where can they hit you up? Yeah, where, where can they see you do your thing? Um, they can actually go to my blog, sethforney.blogspot.com. Yeah. You're I very have, active there, man. I have, a, fucking uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a Google Calendar widget on the blog okay. that is updated with all our gigs. But our immediate gig is um, the opening Larry Flint is opening a new bar in New Orleans. No fucking way. Holy shit. <laughs> they wheeled his old ass out. Wow. <laughs> it's called Lucky Pierre's. Okay. It's at Lucky the old Pierre's. 735 Bourbon Club. Okay. But it's going to be sort of a hybrid, gay, straight, burlesque, house music. Um, oh, they no, have you're their, mixing and matching now. They had their oh, soft shit. opening a month ago, but they're having the grand opening this coming weekend. So wow. Friday the 24th to Sunday the 26th, we'll be dancing there okay. every night. All right. Awesome. Yeah. And then after that, you will be back in New Orleans for Mardi Gras, right? Well, after that, um, our next gig is February 20th, a party called Spunk in New York. Okay. Uh, February 21st and 22nd, we'll be at Adonis in New York. Okay. Um, then we take a small break, then we're Mardi Gras. Uh, then we're doing a journey to the ginger hole bus party in St. <laughs> Patty's Day. Wait, 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 wait. wait yes, wait. Seth did pick that title. Ginger I hole. Um, it's a St. Patty's Day drunken bus tour of Chicago, and we called it Journey to the Ginger Hole. <laughs> 
I was against it, just for the record. Okay, so then after I, that, you know, did, we, you really, did you really name that? He gave me two choices, and I, I, I fucking love the you. other one. The other another, one sucked so another bad. Another fist bump for you, Seth. <laughs> Holy fucking shit! There's so much gay male bonding right now. It's <laughs> we're we're actually pretty much book solid until April. But it but if you, if you like go it. to my blog, you'll see every place we're gonna be. So. You say black party too. So after the ginger hole party, it's um, <laughs> we'll, we'll be performing at Black Party, which is the last Black Party in New York that's going to be at the um, legendary Roseland Ballroom. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Sweet. Roseland. Yeah. Yeah. This is the last oh, one there. They're closing Roseland down. That's really sad. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are going to be able to be a part of the, the, the last. Now, Jared, do you have all the, the, the Tumblr and the Twitter and the, the Instagram? You have Send all us all your stuff. We'll link Tumblr, to Twitter, it. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're going to link the shit out of you. We'll make sure that you were promoted out the ass. Good. Have you no set up a sound? You, you have a SoundCloud And the account. SoundCloud, yeah. Okay, so yeah. We'll, we'll make sure that everybody knows where to find you. Absolutely. Um, well, I have to say, you guys have been amazing tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your vacation before you start back up the, the, the crazy ass life that you have. Well, thank you. This was fun. Back yeah, I'm glad you have fun. And thank a blast. you for the exclusive stories that... Nobody else got it first, so fuck you. <laughs> this is also our this is our first podcast together. It yeah? is. So yeah. It's our first it's my first podcast, period. Oh, be mine too. We're, yeah. we're glad we could bust your cherry. Under the bone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't what have a fun forging. <laughs> what a fun foursome. Bust your ginger hole. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god. No, wait, Brian, Brian, hold on. Before like, I have a word for you before we go. I knew there was right. a word for it. Timesis. Timesis. That's when you split a word in half, like refuckingdiculous. <laughs> Timesis. I love that. I do it all the goddamn time. Yes. You're refuckingdiculous. <laughs> you guys are amazing, and and again, thank you everybody for listening. We hope you've enjoyed. I mean, God, they were just fucking meatheads. Jesus, we didn't get a, a fucking salient thought the whole night. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love these guys. guys it was and, great. It was great having you. And we love you all for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Ian, for coming out and taking photos tonight. Um, we love you as well. Bye, right, Ginger. Um, um, yeah, we two gingers in the studio in one night. That's a that's, and nothing exploded. <laughs> yeah, yet. not yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that? All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a good night. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>